0: Hey, it's Demi, and welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast. This week, I chat with Eloise Eftos. She describes herself as Australia's first attractive comedian, but you may know her from one of her many viral videos online, including her recent character, Mandy, who is one of the rich mums from the St. Joseph scandal, or her reenactment of the Melbourne quarantine fuck-up. But Eloise is much more than just a comedian who makes videos online. This episode, we talk about the struggles of being a multi-hyphenate creative, not wanting to be put in a box, but also wanting to dip your toe into many different ponds. We discuss the struggle women in comedy face and why people have such an issue with confident women as well as what it's like to have an ethnic background and be in a loud career. Such an amazing conversation, especially for any women who feel like they're held back from the judgment they experience, not only from society, but from people, their family, community that surrounds them. This is a real and raw conversation about the back and forth that we can experience with ourselves, about the values that we grew up with and the people that we are becoming. I hope this episode encourages you to get one step closer to exploring something you've always wanted to. So let's jump straight into episode 57 of the podcast, It's Okay to Be Three-Dimensional with Eloise Eftos. Hey, Eloise. Thank you so much for joining me on the Millennial Crisis
1: podcast today. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on. It's a made my Monday being on the podcast so thank you. <laughs>
0: to be fair I feel like both of us in lockdown it's not that hard for our days to be made. This,
1: <laughs> totally No you know awesome what life. I agree I agree it's almost like you know what something exciting to look forward to you're like it's is it going to be like you know uh, uh, some dessert that I buy or is it going to be like being on a podcast you know and today it's this so it's like Yeah. Got to have those little wins from time to time in lockdown. That's for sure. (laughs) That's it. A hundred percent.
0: Before we jump into the podcast, because I'm lazy, I like to get my guests to introduce themselves through three really basic questions. I'm sure you'll have no problem answering them. And that is, what is your name, age, and what do you
1: do or what are you known for? Okay. So my name is Eloise Eftos. I am 28. Oh God, I nearly forgot that. I'm 28 still, nearly 29. And uh, I'm known for, or what I do is I'm an actor, comedian. I sing and dance as well, but um, most people know me from my acting and comedy, um, mostly my online videos at the moment, probably, or my stand-up.
0: I really wanted to have you on because I think looking at people like online, One of the things that a lot of people I find are concerned about is um, one, how they like present themselves online and two, like how they can utilize online to propel their careers. And Mm. it's not necessarily what this season of the podcast is about, but through your story, people are going to get those points as well. Mm. And what I love about your online profile is you're three-dimensional, Internet. oh thank you, like, you post, <laughs> that's so flattering. Like, you can post like these thirst trap hot photos you can also like, got it as your like professional profile where you promote your dance classes as well your comment- yeah yeah and then you also share these like funny
1: videos uh, yeah at least taking a deep dive into your Instagram that's what I got oh my gosh well that is so I'm honestly so flattered to hear that and it's so honestly that's the the best I'm gonna have to take you with me Demi to like you know um to all the uh to the interviews I go to, because that's the best way I think to describe, like what, like I think for some, sometimes I'm like, is this too much, or is this not enough, or is this not on brand? And I'm sort of, you know, you're exactly right. Like I try and make it as um, three dimensional, or not be like pigeonholed, or not be stuck in one thing. You know, this is my, it is my professional career, but also if I can have fun with it, or you know, um, also feel good about it. Like in, in, it doesn't have to always just be serious and. Um, you know, you can't post a bikini pic because, you know, you're trying to get a job. It's like, please, that's going to get me the job, you know, like it's so, it's so silly. But it's like it's, it's great to hear someone actually saying that, because I think unintentionally that is what I've um, put out there, um, especially when it comes to my comedy. I never thought I would be political at all in my comedy. And it's really funny how I mean, when I say political, it's very it's obviously a lot of satire but um, I never thought I would make such a big point w- with comedy. And um, I'm actually really glad that I have and it's, people are resonating with it, which is awesome.
0: For sure. I think like um, the real difference between our generation and also the way things are going, even in the last couple of years, is that mm. real like education edutainment style content so like content that's entertaining Mm. which isn't necessarily what we like aim for we look at like trends in the media or things that we're passionate about and we use our own format to be able to like I don't know portray that message across but a lot of people are still stuck in those old concepts of I'm one person when I work I'm another person
1: when I switch off Totally. And that's what I think can be really difficult when I am playing a persona on stage is that people, and even online, I guess technically, you know, but what you put out online is a controlled version of yourself. Like it's, it's all, it's all manipulative. It's not, it's not, it's all calculated. It's not um, as if we're just going, oh, I'm going to like, everybody's trying to p- uh, present a certain level of themselves or a certain type of person that they want people to see and I think it's really funny um, even when it comes to me doing my stand-up because I play a very very heightened version of myself and it is a persona it's wild that I've had to it's really really hard sometimes because I almost have to um, defend myself or defend what I'm doing because people think it's real like people don't get that I'm joking or that it's um. like I wish I was as confident that on stage but for me it's like it's a bit more fun to play that than just sort of I don't know not not be I mean I love being myself but it's just um I get to play around a bit more I think it gives me more freedom to be ridiculous and make everything heightened or yeah like get points across by playing a certain character or or person yeah
0: can you describe to those who may not have seen any of your work yet what your I guess stage persona is or what you're known for I I know you've got your
1: tagline as well which I think is oh totally which it's that's upset a lot of people as well which is really funny it's amazing when people get it but when people don't it's very it's difficult you kind of have to go it's in the bio so basically I um that where that came from I'll get to that as well but basically my stand-up persona um I was studying acting at the time at WAPA and I was like I've always wanted to do stand-up it was like a bucket list thing for me and I was like god I'm just gonna I just started writing I was doing a lot of writing in that course that particular um acting course and just started writing jokes like this the little but the sense of humor it's very much I think our generation as well that kind of like I would never talk to you like I'm really you know I'm too hot to to know who you are that kind of sense of humor, where um in Australia it isn't very popular because we don't like tall poppies um and at first I think when I first did stand up I made her quite the persona was almost quite unintelligent like she was kind of stupid um she's playing almost like the dumb not I mean I'm not blonde but you know the hot girl that's not very smart and then I was like actually I don't want to play that and I now my persona is basically it's like the hot girl in high school who's like really good at everything and just says I oh, I actually decided to give stand-up a go and she's just really good at it and she knows it. And I call myself Australia's first attractive comedian. And I thought that was so silly because it's obviously, you know, a joke, it's obviously satire. Um, I find it funny that a lot of guys would tell me that I was too pretty to do comedy or, um, you know, there's like almost this, like, oh, there's no place for women like you in comedy or whatever. And I was always like, eh, like... That's so silly to me. And I thought it was just funny to play on that and call myself Australia's first attractive comedian. People thought I was making fun of other female comics. And I was like, I never said female. I never said I was the first attractive female. I'm just saying in general, what I wear on stage shouldn't matter. What I say on stage shouldn't matter. And I love being able to play with that. Like I'll purposely, not purposely, I mean, I would just not wear a bra on stage and it would freak people out. And so when I do, I I make jokes about that now and almost just take the piss out of people that think that's like oh like this crazy thing or like I'm almost like ruining the um the sanctity of like of uh comedy because I'm my midriff is showing on stage like it's just like (laughs) it's so ridiculous it's like these gatekeepers almost don't want you to to rock the boat and it's sort of like yeah but that's we don't have anything I think like my persona in Australian comedy so I I'm glad that I've almost yeah it's it's very obviously very American and very British humour as well like they they have a lot of similar acts over there and maybe my comedy would go better over there because they just don't yeah feel as I guess threatened by this a woman on stage saying that she's hot like that's so funny to me a, a woman telling jokes and being like but you guys probably don't get it because you don't look like me like that's so silly that's so silly like yeah What's really interesting is the persona
0: that you play and the comedy that you have, that kind of style blows up online, right? Like it's all iconic. Like that's how we refer to it online, right?
1: Totally. What you're
0: doing is you're bringing that. It's like taking the concept of a four-day work week and bringing it into like one of the big fours and being like, Mm. hey, like. You know what? Like four day work week, like that's what works for me. Um, I'm gonna bring it into your old school business and be like, "Yeah, how we're gonna do things?" And that's totally done. And people can look at you like, "Actually, your nipples are distracting me, and I can't concentrate on your comedy." So please put them away. Put Put them them away. away.
1: Put them away. Because, and you're so right. That's it's a great way of of, um, putting it. It's so funny that it um, it seems to like people like I don't know what it is it's something about uh, like maybe I think people thought sometimes think that it's like anti-feminist or that I'm making fun of women or something and it's like no I'm I'm making fun of how you see women and how you see women in a world that is male dominated because half of the things I say and do if a man was doing them it wouldn't be a problem and it's just really uh, so many things have happened to me since doing stand-up or just comedy in general and I think because I'm an actor as well, I think I've, I've kind of got that luck that I, I don't know, can slip in and out of this um, persona, but also I think people really want to know, are you really like that? And that for me is hilarious. It's like, why does it matter? Why does it matter if I was actually like that or not? What, does it offend you if I was or if I wasn't? Is that going to make you feel better? Like, I, I, it's amazing. It's um, very interesting, the response. But it seems to be going well. When people get it, it goes so well. But, God, I've had some some bad nights honestly it, it can be it can be taxing it can be hard as in from
0: the audience's like negative mm. reactions or them just like completely missing the point
1: yeah so I've had that happen before I've had like male hecklers even female hecklers um or even just like it's just funny sometimes you'll walk out on stage and people like it really upsets me when women do this because I I feel like when men look at me the way that I'm almost like, eh, this isn't for you. This comedy is not for you. But when women do it, it really upsets me because they're already judging me from how I'm, like, if you listen to the comedy, it's a very feminist act. It's a very feminist um, routine. Um, You know, I don't say anything against women, Um, but people almost want to interpret it as that because I come out on stage and you know, she's confident and sassy and that's people like, what? Like, you know, it's it's really interesting. Um, I've had some really bad heckles and almost like after because I've tried to shut them down. I've had like, you know, been sort of cyber bullied after because people Yeah, I just so they don't get it at all. It's almost like it just goes over their head and they think I'm actually just like that or that I'm that the act is just me insulting people. And I mean, yeah, that is a bit of it, but, um, (laughs) it's like, it's so much more to it. There's so many layers and I'm so glad that, that you, you see that because some people, I guess, I don't know, maybe because things, some comedy is so one note, like they're just only so used to seeing that, um, but that's fine. You know, comedy subjective. Not everybody's going to like you. And I've had to learn that along the way. I think the actor in me is like, please, I have to make them like me. Like, I have to. And it's like, no, it's not going to, it's not worth it. You know, you're going to get the fans that like you for what you do. And I'm sure there's fans that probably follow me that don't like certain things that I do because I play some characters and I'm also an aerobics instructor and people probably go, what? Like, what's that all about? I only followed you because I like your stand-up or I like your characters. Um, But I, I like you said, like, I like having all these different dimensions and not, and being a multifaceted performer and woman as well i think we're so used to being told like no you can only be this and you can only be this kind of woman and it's like uh, i'm many things and that's that's the way i want it to be it's
0: i think before we chatted on the podcast you said it's almost like a social experiment in seeing oh, how yes. people react and stuff and i just think mm. it's so interesting like all the points that you're making but like the main point is like this Character that you play, like, she's not hurting anybody. She's no. not like she's just existing. And the yeah. fact that people have such a problem, or the fact that you have to remove yourself from this character because people have such a problem with that to almost offend yourself. Well, this isn't me, but what if it was? What the fuck's the problem? Yeah,
1: exactly. You know? What's the problem? It's like, how dare, like, heaven forbid, like, a, a confident woman get on stage and tell you that she's good looking and smart and funny. Like, heaven forbid. We have to be almost. I was talking to Abby Chatfield about it last night. Actually, we we're both saying, you know, because I, I play a character, a British bookworm, shy girl, and she wears glasses, and she's got a British accent. She's really shy, and she doesn't. people go, "Oh, you're so beautiful." She goes, "Really? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm so shy. Um, thank you. You know, and it's sort of the my persona on stage with my stand up is the complete opposite of that. She's like, "Yeah, I know," and people go, "What?" like how dare you and it's it is like a social experiment what's what's been really wild is I I make jokes about it now like I've had women when I go out on stage and I put their hands on their husband's legs or they're almost like the husbands will boo or like the women will almost react really badly because it's almost like I'm a threat and it's like this internalized misogyny that we've been brought up with that um, other women are a threat and I think that's also what's been such a I've experienced it. I'm really lucky because there are a lot of supportive women in the comedy industry, but I've experienced it in lots of different industries, music, acting, dancing, this whole, like, we're in competition with each other. And I just, we need to, like, stick together. And I think I loved, I've made a few jokes about it, how it's like, I'm not here to, you know, to steal your husband. Like, if he's trying to cheat on you with me, like, he's the one that's trash. Mm. Like, it's not me. Like, it's that whole thing of, like, you know, we're all in competition and there can't be more than one female comedian and there can't be, and it's just what we've been almost told for so long. And it's like, God, we've got to get out of that, um, that narrative or that's, it's just so um, it's not very progressive, I think. And it's, it's holding us back as women, as performers, as every, in every capacity, you know, any workplace, any, any social gathering. It's like, God, that's what I mean by the social experiment. Like it's, it's, yeah, it, it can be so interesting. Every every night can be a different night. That's that's the, I think the it's almost like scary, but exciting. It's yeah.
0: When coming up with this act, did you have to acknowledge your, your internalized misogyny from when you were younger or something or anything before oh. you got to a point where you could be here? Because I think all of us women, I don't know, myself in particular, if I saw someone at like a family gathering or at a even at the 18th where family happened mm. to be invited, they had like too much cleavage. I, I would be like, oh, wow. Like, why would they wear that around their family? And I was like, no, she's just a woman that happens to have tits. And like, that's how yeah, the tops yeah. on her. But I had to like, when I got older, come to the stage where I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's not her thing. It's like the way people are reacting that she is
1: in that. Totally. And like just an 18-year-old girl. Like, yeah, yeah. It's- yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, I totally get what you mean, especially like I think being like a wog the way we've been brought up it's that it's hard to shape that because I think there are moments when I have definitely had to pull myself up especially when I was younger but also I've been victim of um being accused of being the other woman because I'm quite a out like loud um you know bubbly person especially when it came to like hanging it sounds I, I want this I don't want this to come across the wrong way but I remember some girls that I used to play soccer with they were all wogs like it was all wog girls and I'm a wog so I felt like you know it was it was very different I didn't go to high school with a lot of wogs I went to like a you know well Perth western suburbs but you'd say eastern suburbs here in Sydney you know private girls school and it was just amazing how it's almost like that mentality of like the way we've been brought up to to think of men and how we have to be around men I remember just the the way that these girls would react to me just talking to the guys in our friendship group or uh, just yeah again I think I was like accused of being the other woman like a few times almost as like, if I was like flirting or trying to steal this the guy the other guy and it was just so it, it's it's really heartbreaking because I look back at it now and I remember just being almost ostracized from the group and I never did anything wrong but it's but the thing is I also have to look at them from like an empathetic point and sort of be like oh, you know, that's just what they thought I I was, like, because that's what we've been told our whole lives, is it's like, women have to be this way, especially when you come from, like, a wog background. It's like, don't wear, don't show too much skin, or, like, if you do, it has to be here, and, like, don't talk to guys, or, like, unless you're, I don't know, it's all that bullshit, but it just means absolutely nothing, but it means so much at the time, and I, yeah, I've I've been the the accused of being that for so long, and I was like, I just I want to talk about it on stage because that for me, and I probably accused other women of being that as well. But it just for me was I feel so strongly about it because I was like, God, we're we're putting ourselves so far behind when we do things like that, and we we look at women and go, Wow, she must be a fucking slut because she's got her tits out. Like that that shit is like, but that's how we've been we've been told that's what we've been told for so long is um is is the way it is you know and it's just this um such outdated mindset and it takes a long time to get out of it like you know like you said as you get older you you have to I I think I constantly do it with with a lot of things just constantly remind myself like that's not what is actually happening here and I have to do it to myself as well because I feel like when I moved to Sydney like I'm from Perth and um I even feel like what I wear when I'm in Sydney, I'm like, oh, I feel so much free. Like I, it doesn't matter if I don't wear a bra every day because I, it doesn't matter. But if I'm at a family thing, God, it's, it can be so, you know, the judgment, the guilt, everything. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot to, to deal with.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. I think a lot of the things that we talk about on the podcast is the unlearning that we have to do when we get older mm. and understanding that like one, the world is very different to when we were brought up, because of the internet, the way jobs work, oh. all of those other things. But then also a lot of the values that we have and the upbringing and that just being community driven in terms of that was our environment at the time. Mm. And I know a lot of people feel guilt about like how they thought or the opinions or the views that they had from when they're younger or the way they acted and stuff. And it's why mm. one of the like biggest things at the millennial crisis, like conversation and community is so important because exposing yeah. yourself to more people through conversation through different yes people, changes that perspective and we don't get that until we move out of where we currently are totally then, totally like you mentioned then like you can feel one way if you were in perth out somewhere but just switching like to another side of the country you can oh. feel so much better and not exactly. necessarily feel so alone in that sense like who? oh why mm. the fuck why why is everyone else not get it? Like,
1: no, I totally, totally. And I think also it made me feel, I talked to my cousin about this a lot because we both feel quite like, it's almost like, sounds so silly, but it's almost like we got out of, it's almost like this thing of like, oh, we're so lucky we got out of that um, mindset or we're so lucky that we're not like like that. And I don't mean that in a, oh God, they're such idiots for are still thinking the way that they do. But for us, it's like, God, it was so, it's almost like, the, this word's probably way too dramatic, but almost like that's, we were like almost suppressed. It was almost like this, you know, I think of it, it coming with like relationships when it comes to like relationships with men and like how it actually affects so many things. It affects the your relationships with, with people in general because you, for so long you've been told, this is how you have to act or this is what you need and you need to be married and you need to do this. And this is how you are a good wife. And don't be too outspoken. Don't be a feminist. Don't be this. Don't be that. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, what can I do? Like you can't, and it's sort of, it's amazing when we grow older and we we realize all these things, you kind of go, Oh God, like what, what the hell was I thinking? What the hell was I being told by these people that are supposed to love me and care for me? I mean, let's think about it. Like, being a, a woman from like a migrant family, whether it be WOG or any POC family, it's like, God, it's honestly so hard because like, like, honestly, like the amount of things that I still would be like, even when it comes, I don't, I've never touched drugs in my life because I've been, I had the the fear instilled in me from when I was so young. Same people don't get it all my all my other friends are like I don't get like I don't get it it. it. you don't you don't understand if I do it I'm on the front page of the paper and I'm dead that's what happens to me you know what I mean like and the thing is I have no judgment of people that do and I, I I'm honestly good good for them but it's just amazing how it's like god people seem to think that you're like a square or a prude or something. And it's like, I'm still trying to come to terms with how I feel about sex. And after I have sex with someone, is is that's also quite hard. It, I feel like emotional thinking about it because the guilt and the shame that we've been told, like I was almost like, I had my first boyfriend and that's how I lost my virginity. And it was almost like, I had to make him wait and I had to do it the right way. And then it was like, I look back at it now being like, look, he was a nice guy or whatever. But I'm like, what the fuck was that? You know what I mean? And I look at it now and I'm going, I... I, that was not what I, I mean, yeah, I guess it was nice. It was what, but it was also like kind of detrimental. I stayed with him for way too long and it wasn't good for me, but it was almost because it was like, this is the right thing to do. Mm. And this is the way you're supposed to do it. And it's, um, there's some things that I like when it comes to like relationships and sex, I'm like, I want to move past that. I want to get out of that mentality. When it comes to drugs and stuff, I'm like, eh, I I just don't care enough. Yeah. Like even drinking, I'm like, even drinking, I'm like, God, just, it got, it got it got definitely has gotten easier, especially moving away. But it's hard to explain to your friends that are, you know, Anglo or just like haven't grown up with that. Like I'm second gen. It's not like I'm first gen. But even yeah. then, you still have that you know, like my parents are pretty, you know, progressive. Um, They're, you know, born in Australia, but it's more that I'm like, they're still learning. And I'm, me and my sisters are still teaching like my dad and my mum, yeah. you know? And I, like, I'm very proud of us. I'm proud of you too, because it's like, we've, we're like we we're, we're yeah. learning and we're growing. And it's like, fuck, it's hard. It's really hard sometimes because you do feel alone in that. I almost want, me and my cousin were like, we have to write a book about it to almost make all these other women feel like, this liberation of like being a wog woman is, God, it's come from a long way. Like I always thought that my grandmothers fell in love with my grandfathers, like my <laughs> yaya yeah, yeah, and my baba, and they, and they met, you know, and then it was like this romantic thing. And it's like, no, they were, it was like, they were traded off. Like it was yeah. literally like, like, that's wild to me. Yeah. And you'll tell people and they'll be like, what? That's crazy. And you're like, yeah, doll, because it was survival. It was, no one had rights. Women yeah. didn't have rights. Yeah. Anyway, it's I could go on about it for hours, babe. But you know what I mean. No, a hundred percent. I
0: I get it, and I and you said before. I think suppress is a strong word, not that word. And I was like, it's definitely not.
1: No, you're right. No, no. I I worry that it's like because we're white. I think I worry about using that word. I'm like, God, we've we have had it easier, but obviously there were times when our family members did not have it easier. This is actually really funny. I was talking to a a male comic he's half wog, and he sort of like oh, I don't get all these women posting about vibrators and stuff and I was like I firstly I don't see how it affects you secondly I look at like you know Abby Chatfield and all these other influences that um have made vibrators or promote their vibrators I'm like good for you like it honestly I think it's so important I think women need to know about masturbation I think they need to know how to get their own pleasure because for so long women can't come because I don't know they have the shame instilled in them right for me this is like literally this is me though love it advocate for it awesome could I ever post it on my profile probably not because I honestly I was like my family can't even handle me wearing a pink dress on the on the newspaper cover like you do what I mean and they can see my my ass but like it's in a dress but that still freaks them out like you know what I mean like it's just people have no idea what it's like like I'm sure some women that are European or migrants or uh, sorry come from migrant families they can and that's great for them but I'm still Try, like I just don't think I could do it I think that's another hurdle to to yeah. get over like it's yeah there's little things like that you know what I mean it's it's um great to see and I am so happy for women that do it but I also I'm like oh I don't think I could do it you know we come so, from a different it's like almost like we come from a different world almost but
0: yeah yeah and it's it is it's like all people of different ethnic backgrounds like the friends that mm. i can speak to this the most they're not necessarily wog but like of asian heritage or middle Eastern, oh, like all totally. like similar experiences and then i think we all get to this point where in our late 20s we all start to like explore different things or realize mm. this stuff and then you almost feel like Oh, it's too late! Like oh, I'm so far behind. Like everyone no, else did this so much like earlier, that. and now I'm like, here I am doing it, and I'm like, mm. is that it's still acceptable now, or like, no, is it totally. okay? You know,
1: yeah, yeah, and it's almost like you do feel that you almost go like, oh my God, I've wasted. It, it feels like wasted time or like yes. I've wasted years of my life, worried about stuff that actually means nothing. But at the same time, I'm like, we almost have to live through those years. We have to look at it from a positive and be like, oh, thank God. I did live that experience to know that that's not good enough for me. And I can move forward and, you know, not just like, don't don't, don't see it as regret, almost see it as like relief and almost like, oh, thank God. And, and I think there's, time is, is a made up construct. Like, you know, we've got to, we've, we've got to just do it when we can, but I know that feeling. I'm like, God, I'm nearly 30. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like my career, like, you know, everything that I'm doing, I'm like, I've been single for six years. And people are like single for six years, what the hell's wrong with you? And I'm like, no, like I've been dating people in that time, but like I've had to learn even about that and like what's worth my time. And w- cause all those wog bloody mentalities come back. And you go like, oh, I've got to settle for this because this guy likes me and he has a job. It's like, fuck that. <laughs> Are you joking? Like, babe, it's not good enough. We can't, we can't just like settle for shit because that's what we've been told is like good enough or whatever. It's like, no, it's not, you know? Um, yeah, God, it's it's honestly, it's like an opening account of worms. There's so much to talk about when it comes to this stuff
0: literally I think the other side the, well really the reason that I wanted you on was was to talk about like how you've pursued such a creative and loud career I think mm. we can like refer to it in in that sense and mm. almost you're, you're now like combining two of those things of like how you're brought up and the things that like we're told in a lot of ethnic, like families that like, oh, that's not a real job or you can't do that or like, oh, you know, totally. that's like security is number one, like we came oh. here so you could do X, Y and Z or like
1: totally. your grandparents
0: came here or we didn't do this, I don't want you to live the way we did or whatever those totally. things are. Um, how has that additional layer been
1: for you mm. and, and what's your experience been in that? Honestly, state? a great question. It's honestly been, it's been hard because I think for so long, like my my parents are so supportive. I'm really really lucky. But they're quite artistic people, but they don't work in the arts. Um, like my dad's a valuer. My mum is a homemaker, but also was a uh, uh, you know secretary for a while. Um, but they're also just such creative people. My dad would love to paint, and you know, my mum you know would would always take us to to like the theater, and and she loves her fashion, and and my my parents are very creative people, and I think like me and my sisters were all in the arts and I didn't think that we all would be, um, you know, like I'm a performer, my sis, other sister wants to do directing. Well, she is doing, I'm um, working in film in Perth and my other sister is a photographer, artist, um, and I think she wants to be in fashion photography. And I think it's, for me, what was so scary is that, um, you know, I've known deep down that I've always wanted to do this, but I think that it. Um, I've definitely spoken about it on my on my Instagram before. That it's so hard to um, to tell people that you want to do this line of work because for so many people it just seems like it, it's ridiculous. It's impossible. It's why would you even bother, right? Um, and it's funny how like even though my parents are supportive, like my my dad is very supportive, and I think he always says like. I, you know, he's very similar personality to me and he's always like, oh, I wish I could do what you do. Like, you know, I would have, I think I would have done well at it or whatever, you know, um, talks himself up. He thinks he's pretty funny. And um, <laughs> it's funny how um, he would still have that in his head, you know, maybe you should go get a teaching degree. Like I still have a degree. I went and studied film and journalism, which I I look back at it now and I'm like, oh, I'm glad that I did it. But at the time, I remember being like, what the fuck am I doing this for? I just want to go study acting. I just want to, you know, I never thought that I would gonna was going to um, actually do comedy, but it's almost like it all just happened. But I still, uh, it's amazing how last year when things started to go well and I was on the Today Show and I made the videos and they went viral and blah, blah, blah all of a sudden the family members started to come onto the bandwagon they're going oh okay like they're always you know that they're on the bandwagon a little bit but they're also going oh good luck to them like our family is like the only one that really does anything creative out of you know all my other cousins and things like you know what it's like with yeah. our families and it's just funny how as soon as you have a little bit of success with it it's almost like ah now we're all on board. Now we get what you're doing. And not saying that my family isn't supportive like they are, and I'm very lucky, but, God, it's it's scary because when they come to have come to watch me do stand-up, like my dad hasn't seen my most recent set and I don't know if I want him to because there's some things that I say that I'm always like, oh, I just, you know what wog dads are like, you know? I don't want him to freak out. I don't say anything really. I don't really talk about sex and stuff on stage with me personally, but sort of the things I talk about, like, I don't really want him to freak out about me being like, I know you guys are looking at my nipples. I don't want my dad to be like, Jesus Christ, like, have a conniption. Um, but I know, but he, but what's really nice is I almost had to, like, take the time to, I, I talk to a psych because I get bad anxiety sometimes. I started talking to her last year. And just to talk about how I, like, I'm overcoming these old values and things and almost like to say, to have a loud career, like, that is you know to be so outspoken as a woman in general is like what like mm-hmm. you would never you you could never in my family almost and it's almost like but that's how my parents have brought us up like me and my sisters we're all very outspoken confident strong women and I love that we are but also to put that out there and I always have this thing in my head of my grandfather was always my, my dad or he was always so like supportive he was almost like you, you have to get out of Australia you have to go to Hollywood that's what he would always say <laughs> you have to go to Hollywood so oh, supportive but then I remember like before he passed away he he lived to 90 but he got cancer just before he even did chemo like he was like I'm gonna live forever like he was just in denial about it and for him it was like I remember him saying to me like and I always have it like in my head and stuff and I think my uncles have said it to me and my dad but it's almost like the just remember though like you've got our name like the family name you're using the family name and I'm always like Jesus Christ like put the pressure on like a little bit more please like you know it's like that is is hard not to freak out like I do feel like I have to be very careful about what I do it's always in the back of my mind but at the same time my dad even said to me last year when like I did some stuff with like bras and things sent me some stuff to wear and I sort of was like oh god I hope people take this the right way and you know, wearing lingerie in a photo, like I, I never thought I would, I mean, I used to dance on stage in cabarets and stuff in lingerie, but I was like, God, I hope this is okay. And I remember telling my dad, he never saw the photos, but I remember him sort of being like, I actually I trust what you do. And that was so nice to hear. He's like, I trust wow. what you're doing. I believe in what you're doing. Like I trust you. And it was almost like, Oh, like I feel like emotional thinking about it. Like just hearing those words is like, even my psych has said, she was like, you have to tell yourself these positive affirmations of like, I trust you. Um, I'm proud of you like I and I know that my family are proud of me but I just really hope that I don't like it's always in the back of your head like don't fuck up <laughs> it's like don't don't fucking fuck up don't ever fuck up and it's like it's scary because especially in this day and age with like council culture and all those things which is like again like is council culture real or not who fucking knows but it's more the fact that it's like we're all growing and learning and i just really like i've had moments where i've posted things and i've had to delete them because i was like oh god that's that got misinterpreted or that's been taken the wrong way and um it's hard not to get like panic and sort of be like oh my god everyone's gonna know my name and then my family's in it and it's like it's this silly thing like i'm really happy that i'm doing my career i'm trying to do i feel like i've still got a long way to go career-wise i'm really happy that i'm doing it but i also Really hope that the more I do, like you're always gonna have negative people, and you're always gonna have people that um criticize what you do. I don't know. I just don't ever want to let down my family, and I think like I also can't let that limit like limit me though as well. I can't be like oh I can't ever talk about that on stage. Like you know if something comes to mind, like I shouldn't feel that pressure. But I think it's also, it also comes again being a woman and being you know, I guess I'm still technically young, and yeah, it's. It's interesting it's um I think it also comes from like especially for my dad it comes from a, a protective thing. I, I want to protect my my daughter. I don't want her to get hurt. So I, I get where that's coming from but it's just um I'm like, please just trust what I'm doing. So it's nice to, to have that but yeah it, it can be it can be exciting because I think people love to see the positive stuff but what, if anything negative would happen, God like it could be like that's a thing it's a really, really interesting. Um, career to be in it's almost like you can't win it's like being outspoken is what's getting me this far like making fun of these situations isn't getting me somewhere but it's like how outspoken can you be like don't say too much about this and that and oh mm. it's yeah god yeah. it's hard it's hard to explain I hope I'm even no making I like no I, t-
0: I totally no I totally get what you're saying and I think there's also like the extra layer of like is what's is what I'm saying actually outspoken, or is it how my views previously or way I've been mm. brought up? Is that seem outspoken from that perspective, or totally. in the real world, if I was to like talk to someone who doesn't, who wasn't brought up with that background, like are they thinking, like, oh, that's yeah, of course, post it? Like oh, they'd is be like, like, whatever, yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. Babe. Even yeah. like I remember sending my dad my set when I was I was here in Sydney, and I sent um, my set to my parents. I remember telling them one of my jokes it's actually one of my best jokes I love it I remember telling them on the phone and they, I think they went a bit like it's the one where I do it like say that men would fuck a table I remember my dad was a bit like and I sent him my set and um, remember he just replied being like maybe a bit less use of the the f word and I was like so so fucking funny coming from my dad who like swears every fucking swear word under the sun but because it's me and I'm a girl it was like and I don't want my dad to sound like this, like backwards, but no, it's just no, no, like no, no. for him, he's probably going, oh, you know, that's my daughter on stage and everyone's seeing." and it's like, yeah, it's, it's funny um, how it just, yeah, it, it like, it, that's what he said. And I went, okay. I was like, I hardly swear. I was like, please, I could be saying so much worse than yeah. this.
0: <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know? it's funny how you say that because I think when I look back, like, and I hear your stories, I look back at, um, my career. It's always interesting, like speaking to someone who gets that mm-hmm. as well, because people always ask me like, oh, like, cause now I work, I work like my proper kind of job, like three days a week and mm-hmm. I do whatever I want the other days. And people are like, oh my God, how did you get that? Like, how were you working four days a week for so long? Like that's yeah. what I negotiated with my past workplace. And um, I always say like, it wasn't because I was like some genius that was looking to do this like part-time work Mm. like or whatever it was that i needed a way to convince my dad or my parents that i could explore other career options while having a safe job and so in the interviews I i was like so how do you feel about me working four days a week and still getting paid the same amount, but me doing the work really quickly and all this stuff? And they just said yes. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. That's so Um, funny. People think it's like, I was like some futuristic person. I was like, no, that's the only way I could convince my like, family that like, one I had to marketing was a legitimate yeah. job <laughs> um, and two I could still pursue, I... pursue some kind of media on the other side which before that oh. I didn't even think was a possible career like I thought no, business was the course. only in my perspective it was like business the only thing and I had I did some stuff in tv by accident and then that oh, opened yeah. this new door for me where I was like well, people do this
1: like as a job that's crazy what? you're like this what do you mean no this, you can do this as a job honestly I feel like it's so funny because I still get the same reaction from my dad he's like how much did you get for that stand-up gig and I'm like oh yes. like, he doesn't you don't get a lot when you're starting he goes well you should be getting more and it's almost like that whole thing of oh you should maybe you should try and get a job you know at least if you're doing reception at least make it a job in reception at a radio station I was like dad what, what do you think I'm gonna you know what I mean it's so funny all these little things to like at least convince people people that like no this is legitimate or like I'm making I can support myself and um, I, yeah like I know exactly how you feel it's so funny mm. I feel like because I'm now doing retro sweat like I teach 80s yes, yes. It, so I'm like oh I've got my I'm, that's something you know it, within my wheelhouse you know but at the same time I'm like I'm still waiting to get to hit any sort of big time I feel like people that's the beauty of social media as well people think that you're killing it because you're posting things and it's funny how people like love to see you killing it and I'm like babe um if anything maybe I look like I'm killing it and that's so lovely and like I like to think I'm on an you know incline but at the same time like please I'm not you making don't any pay the money bills. at, yeah, at start- the moment really oh. yeah but you, you don't pay the bills I was like if anything I if I can get a, a deal from HBO Max for a tv show then we can talk about killing it you know what I mean it's um it's so funny but yeah I know that whole thing of like I have to make this seem legit and that's that's why me just going on the today show after the video went viral was me sort of being like, see guys, look, I'm actually doing this. And I'm a, com- and look, I'm a comedian and an actor and it's all legit. But even so, like you still get, you know, those things of like, Oh, but when are you going to get on home and away? It's like, I was on home and away. I was a paramedic on home and away. And I said, no, when they kept asking me back. Okay. Like, it's so funny. You have to keep constantly proving yourself. I think that's what's hard about being in a career in the arts in general.
0: Yeah, you're right. It is. Mm. It's about the the feeling of needing to prove yourself. Um, which is oh, a shame. Totally. It's a shame that we have to do that. And also those questions of like, it's not legitimate unless you're getting paid X amount or you're able to do this. And it's like, well, there's yeah. other as long as I am paying my own bills and being able to sustain my lifestyle that I choose.
1: Totally. Ones, exactly. But if you have to marry Rich, I will. You know, it's- <laughs> it's the sacrifice like we're willing to make whatever sacrifices we want I'm willing to go back I'm willing to go back to the way things were if I can make things work you know like (laughs) kidding but also hello anyone listening (laughs) (laughs) um no I I love that like
0: I said I think it's I think there's a lot of people that are going to be listening to this that are going to relate a lot and not only like the layer of even women, but I think even the men who are even in that pursuit and so I think it's nice mm. when you get to an age where you can teach your parents things and they kind of listen as well. Like it's frustrating. Oh. but also It's nice that you can do that. And I, I've seen like, totally. um, I do that quite a bit with my grandparents and it's like amazing to see like yes. their perspectives now. Like my grandfather will say things that are still problematic, but like in a very sweet way, like don't get married before you're 30 because women become slaves when they get married. And I'm like, Oh like I that's so he sweet. Knows, like thank does. you. Like thank you so much for saying that. But also like like yeah, I, yeah technically Aww. we do. So what you're saying is not wrong. Um you know what? Bye-bye. You're not wrong, doll
1: <laughs> She's like this, she yeah. goes, just so you know, like eventually you will be doing this, but just like take your time. It's like yeah. thanks, thanks, uh Papu about that. Yeah. Um no, but literally it's like the same with my my yaya. She is so like very religious very you know um i think set in her ways but then it's so funny her her views on like dating and men is so different than i thought they would be she's very much like be careful that there's so many laticans, you know don't don't just you know fall for the first guy careful it's like really interesting because for her it was almost like she got married to my grandfather because he came up to her and was like went to the house after seeing her at a dance and was like i want to marry sophia and she was like and so i said yes and it's like what like what is this story It sounds like a horror film. No kidding. Obviously, you know she's very happy and everything. But then my bubba, the opposite. She's very much like, no, get married, bubba. You're too picky. And then, but then she'll complain about her marriage. She'll be like, God, it was horrible. I was. I have to look after four kids. Your your grandfather's at the club playing cards. I was like, what? Like.
0: It's funny. I think you can see it there for them as well, right? You can see it, like, that um, push and pull with them as well. Yeah, they're probably going off with, like, whatever we've got that, like, mentality. They would have had it, like, tenfold and actually not been able to change it, like, just because of... even
1: more wild. I I, I really, really find that so interesting and I, I really want to talk to them about it more. I actually recorded when I would, like, when I visited my grandmothers back home in Perth before I can move back to Sydney Um, because I moved back because of COVID just basically for 10 and a half months maybe basically a year and the last time I went to their house before I flew back I just recorded the conversation I'd love to do more of just like hearing about because they are very strong and resilient and um, outspoken women but it's amazing that I guess, like that whole thing of like being suppressed or being having to like this is what they knew and this is the way things were supposed to be. But yet they still, they still did that. But they, it's like oh God, we we can learn so much from that as well because it's also like for us, it's like a, it's a bit of an example of like, oh God, this is not what you want. It's it which sounds really like, like you want that love and support, I guess, from a partner, and they like they made something out of nothing. But at the same time, it's like God they it's so different from what I think we want now like or how our lives are like it's so so different and we can learn I think so much from them in that sense 100%
0: no totally um Mm. I feel like I could talk to you about this for another hour but unfortunately no 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 no. we we are getting we're just getting towards the end of the podcast and before we get to the last few questions I wanted to ask you one other thing and that is feeling of I guess they can't do something because maybe one, they haven't seen it done in anyone around them or in their families or something or two that people around them have told them that it's ridiculous or they couldn't possibly, or it's not a real thing. What advice would you Mm. have
1: for someone that is in that right now? Oh God, such a good question. I feel like for me, When it was happening to me, because, and it still happens. um, And when it has happened to me back in the day, when I was sort of like, I'm going to do this, it's sort of, I feel like you've got to just stick to your guns. Don't um, try to take everything with a pinch of salt. I feel like everything anybody says, you've got to just take it at face value and don't think too deeply about it and don't take it too personally, because I think for a lot of people it's fear. And I think it's this sort of, you know, there's so much that's internalized that you can't take it all on board. If you wanna do something that's different or that you haven't seen someone in your family do, it's like, there's only so much that you can do. I think put yourself in it, maybe not at 100%, but maybe 80%, just like give it as much as you can. And then when you feel more and more confident about it, you know, and even don't, don't feel like you have to tell everybody about what you're doing. Don't feel like you have to divulge everything or, or explain yourself or defend yourself because I think that's also detrimental and I'm guilty of that still. I still defend myself with things. And it's like you shouldn't have to defend yourself. It's your life and as long as you're not hurting anybody, like I think just give it as much as you want and slowly, slowly you'll be like, yeah, that's what I do. And what are people going to say? What are you going to say? Like, you know, I think stick to your guns. Just Just give it your all and don't. Don't let other people's insecurities and fear make you doubt yourself and what you want because God, we've all been guilty of that, whatever we do.
0: For sure. That's amazing
1: advice. Mm. Uh, Thank you so much for that. (laughs) That came out of nowhere. I'm like, God, I'm so, God, I really do have to write a book now. And I (laughs) guess, no, I love it. It It's brilliant.
0: We're getting to the final few questions. And the first question Mm. I have for you is, what is the first small step you took to get to where you are right
1: now? I think for me, oh, with, with, I guess, I think all these little things sort of added up for me. So I, every little thing was like a small step, like graduating from high school, going to study film and journalism. I thought it was nothing, but that was a small step, knowing about all the background of of film and stuff. You know, you never think it's going to mean much when you want to be an actor, but it does. It help. It does help in a way. And then now I, you know, edit all these silly videos that I make and like, you know, all these things that I know how they work. And I, I think also I I, I sort of was wanted to do musical theatre for so long because I was a singer and a dancer and an actor. I was like, I've got to do musical theatre. And I look back now and I'm like, I still love musicals, but not in that, you know, diehard way. Um, but even then I was like, I'm going to go back to dancing. I'm going to go back to acting school. All these little things that I was doing on the side of like working in a job or um you know uh, or studying at, at uni and then I sort of just didn't let that dream sort of die whether it be musical theater or acting and I think like yeah all these little things I sort of just had to keep keep like hustling at it or just like keep that that little thing alive and then I think in my head I was like I really want to do stand-up and I, I don't know why it sort of just happened from writing a little bit. And I think it was my, when I was studying acting, I was like, Oh, I'm going to do an open mic. And I just put myself out there. So I I think all these little steps that you do, you know, going to that audition, whether you are the best or not, you know, if you want to be the best at something like you, you will try your best to do it. So I think every little thing adds up. Like I look back now and I'm like, Oh my gosh, so many things got me to this moment. I could go on and on. Like, that's, what's wild about it. It's, um, but I think for me, it was just pushing myself to not let that little thing die in my head, making little silly videos, whether they be to make a point or just to make myself laugh. It's like, even that, it's like, that's, that's all got me there. Like these little things that have all got me to this point of sort of people being like, oh, I really, I really like what you do, and You're like, oh, great. Cause I just like what I do. And I think that's important. You know, you need to like what you're doing. That's why even when I did stand-up and my persona was a bit stupid, I was like, no, I don't want her to be unintelligent. And I was like, no, I don't like that. I'm doing this for me. And, yeah, all those little things, you know, even studying in New York. I studied acting in New York and I would go to dance classes after class in in Times Square. And I would go to these dance classes and I would be like, oh, back home I'm about intermediate and I'll go to these classes. And Demi, I was like, Oh my God, I'm the worst dancer in the world. I was like, these people are on another level. It makes you it makes you hungry because you're like, God, I'm I'm shit. I'm nothing, which sounds horrible. But it's actually like that, that drive that it just drove me to sort of be like, you know what? I am gonna make a dance video with this director that I love to work with one day. And I and I have that aerobics workout video that I made was with him. And I'm like dancing in it. And I'm like, who's that? <laughs> Who is that? You know? So all these little things. It's like I think it's just putting yourself out there and and not letting yourself and other people stop you.
0: I love that. All those little steps add (laughs) up. Yeah, right? They do. They 100% do. They do. The next question I have for you is, what would you say is your biggest millennial crisis right now? And I define a millennial crisis as a privilege problem that consciously or subconsciously affects your mental health or
1: well-being. Mm. Oh, God, this is a, a good one. I think, like, I don't know if this is right to say I feel like I'm like is this right is that's correct? no no that's 100
0: <laughs> everyone says that before they say like a brilliant millennial crisis so you're on the right is track me. Is, this, is
1: this it um I think like look I'm back in Sydney living with housemates and they're lovely I think for me being in the lockdown I'm a bit worried about like dating wise I think I still have this thing in my head of like oh my god I I'm still single, and how will I not be single if I'm stuck in a lockdown and I can't go on a date? I think that's what's stressing me out a little bit. It makes me a little bit stressed, or like because career-wise, I think I'm fine because I'm making all these silly videos and people seem to be watching them, and it's making people laugh, and they have no choice; they have to watch something right on Instagram. But when it comes to like a dating at the moment, I'm a bit worried. But I'm also like, don't be worried. It's I have days where I'm like fine about it, and then sometimes I'm like oh, God, what's wrong with me? Like, what's wrong with me? And I think that's other people's narrative as well. Like, I, one of my friends was like, yeah, but you're attractive. Like, it's a bit weird that you've been single for six years. I was like, why are you saying that's weird? Like, yeah. what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with with not settling down with someone that's not good enough or it's not like I haven't been dating. It's sort of just like, eh, that's not good enough. So I think that's sort of like crisis-wise, like, I'll be fine, but it feels a bit like of a weird time because, you, yeah, you don't feel like you can really... I don't know. I don't even know if that's the correct thing to say. I feel like no,
0: a hundred percent. And I—that's I, like the best millennial crisis. Like you know what I mean. That's exactly what it's supposed to be. Oh, it's supposed to be something it where it's like ridiculous like like to it's complain. The biggest, yeah. But it, it yeah, isn't. and I think everyone in lockdown is experiencing this now, where they feel maybe. Like they can only progress in one area of their life. I yes. literally did a video on this. I turned twenty seven in lockdown the other week, and I was just oh. like,
1: "Oh, happy birthday!" Uh, again for the-
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I was like, I've never felt so behind. Like, and I can yes. acknowledge that so many other areas of my life are progressing, but it's not where I thought things would be progressing totally. at this time in my life right now. Like,
1: totally. No, it's so it's so interesting because it's sort of like. I don't know, I'm so proud of myself for being like especially when it comes to dating I'm getting better at like oh god there was a moment where I wasn't too great with it and I'd sort of let these guys in who weren't good enough and I'd sort of just let their treatment of me sort of just be like yeah that's okay and I'm sort of like what was I doing and I'm learning not to let that happen but it's funny that even when you do that it still hurts because you're like god it would be nice to have someone to talk to or Like I have sort of seen someone before the lockdown and then they just got a bit shitty at replying and stuff. And I sort of was like, hey, this isn't good enough Um, because they don't know if they're staying in Australia. And I was like, this isn't really good enough. Um, You know, uh, maybe you need to figure out what you're doing. So let's just have some space. And I was so proud of myself for doing that. But then I think like this last week I'm going, Oh fuck! Like, why did I do that? You know, because then you sort of go, "Oh, I'm the seventh wheel in my house. Like, all my housemates have partners except oh, me, and so I'm hard. sacrificed." Like, and it's hard because it's like they're so lovely and it's so nice having them here, but it's also the fact that I'm like, "Oh, I, I can't even have a friend over as like my a partner, or I can't um go out and date someone so I can get one as well." It's sort of like, also, are you just gonna find someone just because you're in a lockdown? Like, God, I don't want to be that person either. It's like you you feel a little bit like lost. And it's funny because I remember being upset that Monday we spoke, I was so feeling so low and down. I remember like, I called, um, spoke to my parents, maybe after I spoke to you or before and my dad, was, it was both my parents were on the phone. And I, remember I sort of brought that up to my dad. I was like, you know, I'm single. And he goes, oh, this hasn't bothered you before. Like, what's, what's wrong? Like, why is this bothering you now? And I was like, because I'm stuck in the fucking house. And I'm like, thinking about everybody else has, has someone that they can talk to or cuddle with even just even that, let alone, you know, anything else and it's sort of just like oh, I feel like I'm sort of I went back on hinge and talking to people but you kind of go a bit like what's the point of this like, am point? I just doing this for the sake of it yeah and it just feels a bit everything just gets heightened everything just gets heightened to the point where it's like oh my god I'm so alone am, am I going to be alone forever and it's like look I'd rather be alone than be with an idiot just because I'm in a lockdown like Jesus Christ that could be it could be worse it <laughs> 100%. it could
0: always be worse Understand, but it also heightens like i think what a lot of lockdowns do it also heightens like the way the world works and what's wrong with it like especially like if you bring out the mm. basic thing of like um being single in a lockdown versus being in a relationship in a lockdown there's like special privileges for those in relationships versus exactly, single people. which is so... and the privileges i don't get that it. they get a get person <laughs> over but then you think about how okay let's say we're not in a lockdown you think of like let's say someone who was single their whole life versus someone in a relationship or gets married three times and like the benefits the people yeah. that are married get versus the single person that's like oh I'm gonna attend all these things and gift yes. all these things and do all these
1: celebrations and what do I get in return fuck all. exactly don't yeah. even get me started honestly it's me and my other cousin talk about that all the time She's always like. So hello like when we you know you have to go to a party or go to something and you're like great so I have to spend the same amount of money that you spent and there's two of you please yeah <laughs> that's some woggy that's some woggy shit right there like we're talking proper wog shit now but like you know what I mean like it's just um it's yeah. such a thing babe yeah. it's such a thing yeah. um that you everything just becomes so much more yeah like you go what like fuck we've, we you know it's hard it's hard it's lonely blah, blah, blah. but also uh I don't know yeah I think it's like you can't can't dwell on it too much trying so hard not to for sure but it's real and that's
0: what we're all experiencing right now in the lockdown is all of these different um things and it's the whole point of like having a millennial crisis that you can acknowledge that it's a privilege problem but if you don't address it then it's going to turn into something even worse and the last question I have for you is what is one thing you are still curious about or want to explore
1: oh my gosh good question because I studied film and TV, I think for me, I'm, like, I would love to be able to, like, write my own show or, like, make my own show. I still, as in for for TV or, or you know, or even film, would be great to actually, like, get into, like, I, I know how it works, but it would be great to actually do that. Um, I also, like, I don't know, I think I, I've still got to put a solo show out, like, I as in a theatre show, like, not just stand-up, but I wanted to make it, like, comedy and a bit of everything, um which would be great to finally get to do you're supposed to do it at fringe but I don't think that's going to be happening unfortunately unfortunately but it's okay like I almost am like that's okay it's giving me more time more time to work on it um and then I also think god I I just would love to I don't know there's so many Like I've even just thinking this is so funny like the first thing when you said that I was like god I just really want to be good at ballroom dancing like I really want to be good at latin dancing I've been obsessed with it. My friend did like a workshop. She's amazing. My friend Holly, such a great Latin dancer. She like grew up doing it. And I did a few of her classes and I was just like living. And I was like, if I'm going to do anything, I want to be in, you know, on Dancing with the Stars. If I was going to do any reality TV, that's just so funny, so random. But I guess explore-wise, like career-wise, it'd be awesome to just like try that. And then eventually I just want to go overseas and just, Yeah be able to be in tv and film overseas would be amazing you know i've got to use my accents you know (laughs) i've been practicing them my whole life but yeah that's i feel like oh there's so many things i could say like 50 million things but that all of that stuff is what comes to mind first i'd love to you know host snl one day you know or be at least a cast member or something they don't have foreigners ever but you know you'll just have to live get a green card
0: Join the lottery or something. Try and get a, a oh, green card. Go- <laughs> you
1: know what? I might have to. The way our government's been fucking us around, babe. I might have to. I'm like, get me I out think of it's me gonna hell.
0: be worse there. To be fair, you're I mean, right. you're yeah.
1: Right. Give her what you wish I'm for. Going, grass never- yeah, exactly. Grass isn't always greener on the other side. It like seems like it at the moment because we're like, but you know, you're so right. But, oh, yeah. Can't win at the moment. It's yeah. hard for sure. Uh.
0: When it comes to your career, because I would describe you as like a multi-hyphenate, so like you do a lot of different things, um, mm. and I think people find it difficult when doing something like that because it's like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that, and yes. I don't oh, know I feel like that gonna...
1: sometimes. <laughs> <Put> <laughs> me in. What box am I gonna... in?
0: Yeah, what box am I in and stuff like that. So how do you how do you deal with that? Um, and what's like your what's your approach in deciding where you want to move into or not feeling as though you're just a comedian or you're just, or you're
1: just an actor? Yeah. See, that's such a good question because I think that is something I've been so scared of. Like I was so scared to call myself a comedian for so long because I was like, I don't want to be just a comedian. I'm, I'm a trained actor. I've been singing and dancing since I was so little. I do voiceovers, you know, um, I think, for me I I try really hard I was about to be like spread myself thin but like that's not good either but like I think I like to keep my creative juices flowing and just make sure that I'm I'm saying yes to different things I'm not just fixating on on the one I think also in Australia we're lucky because a lot of comedians are on our tv and and film Um, so that for me is like a great way to get there because like I have done you know the acting path almost, but I felt like doing stand-ups almost been an easier way to get there, which is not easier. That sounds silly, but um, sort of like that's a way to, to show people my talents and, you know, making these, these videos and stuff. I can show people, I can do accents. I can show people that I can sing or dance. And it's like a little sneaky way of almost putting it in their minds. Like, see, look what I can do. I can sort of, even that workout video that I made with my friend, um, Sean I was such a fan of his work shotography and I was always like god I wish I could be one of those those girls in those videos and he was he approached me after seeing my stand-up when I went down to Melbourne and he was like let's do it and it was like but we've got to make it we're gonna make it hot and sexy but also gonna and you're gonna have a dance break but also we're gonna make it funny because it has to stay true to you and I think you know I want to be able I, I try not to pigeonhole myself so even for me I'm like I was supposed to do a play it's actually supposed to be in the next week or so, which is such a shame I would have been um, rehearsing it right now and it's um the film um, but I'm a cheerleader. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a bit of a cult comedy classic that Natasha owns in it and um, my friend who cast me, she was like, I'd love you to be in it it's obviously a bit of a, a bit of comedy as well but I was like I, I have to I have to do that because it's my chance to show people my theater work. you know I, I don't want to just make sure make just be doing open mics or stand-up gigs forever. I've got a, and even doing retro sweat, I'm like, oh, thank God, I've got retro sweat. I can show people that, you know, I, I've got my dance. I've got my, um, it's like if I'm playing a different, it's almost like I'm playing a different persona or character, whatever I do. Um, and, and and as long as I think I can, I can show that, like I'm even thinking of videos. Like I was just thinking of silly things to make, babe. And I couldn't stop laughing at this idea of making a video about, because I feel, I felt like I was like, I haven't really shown off my singing it was shown off the way I said that. I haven't really shown off my singing skills, but it's just me being like, how can I just, you know, use that skill? Because I haven't used it in a while. And I was like, God, I think it would be so funny to make a little video like around the twist, the musical and just make silly things, right? Singing like made up songs from this made up musical. And I was like, oh, that could be a way to show that I can sing, you know, because it's almost how you can get work these days. Like that's almost my way of, making sure people know what I do and not being afraid to like post everything that I do um I don't want it to be like I have to have 50 million different accounts to be like this is my serious acting account and this is my comedy account and this is this I, I, I want to be able to to show it all um but I do find it funny babe god some people when I'll post like maybe a photo of me looking hot like from that shoot that I did it's funny I'll, I'll gain followers but I'll lose followers as well people yeah. get almost like that's not what I signed up for. It's really funny. You can't win. You can't can't win, but it's great to see that when people, you know, like you say, it's like, it's so awesome to hear people are like, no, I see you as that. And I'm like, Oh, thank God. Like there's only so much you can put in your bio. Like I try and put it all, but you know.
0: For sure. And then you, uh, yeah, I'm, I think, people hearing that are going to really um one resonate and two just feel um so much more comfortable in them wanting to mm. explore different things or being okay with being a full-rounded person. Um How, yeah because I feel like we can't
1: me. be just one thing. That's not we're not that isn't what we are. And I think as well as humans we are so multifaceted and we're not just that one thing. I think it would be extremely boring if we were. Like so many people have hobbies that they do on the weekend as well as their 9 to 5s and I think um, that makes life so exciting. Yeah. Like for me as well, even when it comes to, um, uh, oh, when it came, when it comes to being an actor. When actors just do acting, I think it can be extremely taxing and depressing because it's a very very hard industry to crack. And I think that doing stand up on the side, like it was just a hobby for me, and yeah. now I'm like, I'm making money off it, and it's getting me more work, and it's like. You can't um, just stop yourself because you're like, if I, if I don't do just this one thing, I'm not going to make it. It's like you've got to keep your options open and you've got, you never know what joy you'll find. Like for me, I'm like, oh, doing stand-up's been so rewarding. I was so scared, though, to call myself a stand-up comedian, but it's like it's paid off, you know?
0: So in other words, get creative about how you're going to get to where you want to go, which is yes. exactly what Eloise has done, right? You have went with the goal of like um you know going being an actor and all of this stuff and along Mm. that pathway exploring those curiosities you've come through in being able to showcase those skill sets in different ways and also I guess one of the most important things today when it comes to industries like that is having a social following and and all of that stuff so coming along with that the growth of that through Mm. these videos you're showcasing that stuff have come through so um yeah, I, I think that's awesome. Um, I think people are really going to love that and it's going to give them inspo to start doing more shit and not being afraid to post more, yes. stuff. Oh, <laughs> more thank sites. You.
1: No, thank world. you so much. Honestly, that's you no, know, so nice to hear and I hope so too. I hope it inspires some people because, God, I know that I needed it sometimes, you know, when I was sort of starting out
0: yeah for sure now um in regards to a challenge for this week um did Mm. you have something that
1: you wanted to give to the listeners Yes, well, I think coming off that, I think that um, what I think would be really, really good and a great challenge for everybody to try would be to write down something or many things that you've wanted to do because I know I've done this in the past, um, some, uh, you know, goals or sort of bucket list things that you would like to do, whether it be career oriented or not, write down why you want to do it, um, what stopped you from doing it? Like is it, you know, like has it been, a, a you know, something from you know your family's judgment or has it been because of your own insecurities? Um, sort of see if you can if you can beat that um, beat that struggle and sort of you know, can you actually do this and give it a go? I think that would be such a great challenge because I know that for me, yeah, that's that's sort of what I had to do and it's paid off and I think it could really pay off for someone if you give it a go. Hmm. I think that's
0: a brilliant challenge. And I think it's important for anyone that does the challenge this week to also um, keep in mind that it doesn't have to be a direct outcome to that challenge. It doesn't have to get no. you to X job. It can just be for fun or cause you've always wanted to do it. So don't totally. get stuck on that side of
1: things as well. Oh, it's like when I, when I, babe, when I saw Ben like Beckham and I was like, I'm going to play soccer because I saw that movie <laughs> and I'm not, not going to be a professional soccer player, but I was obsessed with soccer and I got obsessed with the Indian culture and I was like, I'm gonna go to India one day. And I did it, you know what I mean? Like all these things just from seeing this movie and I'm like, I'm sure there's people that have all these like inspiring things in their head. They go, oh, I just had the chance. You know, it's like, God, why not write it down? And as soon as you get out of lockdown, do it, you know? yeah exactly
0: um no thank you so much for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure having you on i know a lot of people are going to feel a lot better about their situations or where they are or how they can move forward from things um so thank you for being so open and honest in this chat
1: and i can't can't wait for
0: having me it's
1: been so so lovely to talk to you it's been oh it's almost been like therapeutic so thank you so much it's been lovely to chat Happy having made. Thank you.